From banning bikinis and Muslim headscarves to accusations of offending the values of the secular republic. Muslims of France have had a rough few months after the nation held presidential and legislative elections. Is it Islamophobia? And is it on the rise in France? And who is behind it? Hello, I'm Sami Zaydan, and welcome to the Essential Middle East podcast. Of course, France is not in the Middle East, but it is home to one of Western Europe's largest Muslim populations. That's an estimated 5.7 million people we're talking about. Many of them felt the elections have kind of stigmatized their faith and increased populist and right-wing attacks on their way of life. Let's discuss all of this now with our guest. Hello, my name is Nasira Ganif, Nasira in Arabic. I'm Algerian-French citizen living in France. I'm speaking from Paris, and my occupation is university professor. I teach sociology and anthropology at the University Paris 8 in Saint-Denis, north of Paris. Fabulous to have you with us, Nasira. Let's start with a basic Are Muslims and minorities in general in France, particularly Muslims, are they facing Islamophobia and prejudice right now, or is that an exaggeration? No, it's not an exaggeration. It's actually a fact that has been assessed by many different surveys and inquiries along the past 20 years or so. How do you measure it, though? How does it manifest itself in everyday life? So what has been assessed is discrimination, racist slurs or offenses that are extended to Muslims on the street or even in the workplace most of the time. So this is something that has been observed at the level of intimate life, but also at the level of friendships, at the level of interactions, at the level of administrations, at the level also of intermediaries with the state and even at the level of the state something that I would rather call state racism. Explain that to us, because that's fascinating. How have organizations documented what you referred to there as state racism? Well, actually, activists have addressed the question of whether the state is acting explicitly against Muslims or is letting other organizations and other groups in the society act against Muslims. And what we can see right now is that both situations, both options are real in French society. Acting against Muslims would be, for example, the latest decision that was made by the State Council, the highest administrative jurisdiction of the French state, It outlawed a municipal decision that allowed women with burkini to use public pools in the city of Grenoble. This decision was first smashed by the state, by public statements, and then it was outlawed by this jurisdiction that is the highest in the organization of the French state. So the justification was that the public services in France have to remain neutral toward all people that use them. So that includes also Muslim women that would want to wear a burkini and go to the swimming pool. And interestingly, this kind of argument has been on and on, going on and on. It's also the case of the 2004 law 
that outlawed and banned the headscarf in public schools all across France. So these are laws that, under the pretense of being neutral, are targeting a religion and in such case are also gender targeted because they target women, which means that they are not allowed to appear in the public space or in public services the way they want. Right. It seems like a lot of this is focused on clothing, appearance, particularly women clothing and appearance. Is there an issue when it comes to other facets of life? I don't know. Education, access to employment and promotion, housing and so on. Yes, of course. You could also think of the way, for example, education is something that has become under condition, whether you wear the headscarf or you don't. Or if you want to access certain employments or you want to access certain jobs, then it would be required by certain women that they shouldn't wear the headscarf, otherwise they cannot get the position. It seems kind of ironic from the perspective of, you know, people perhaps in the Middle East who would look at the West as a place that champions particularly upgrading women's rights and access. Well, that's, as you said, it's quite ironic. Actually, from my own research, what I noticed, you know, more than 30 years now, is that you have to comply with certain rules and requirements if you want your quest for freedom to be recognized. It's not just any kind of freedom that you can request or you can fight for, you can struggle for. You have to struggle for your freedom in the terms that are allowed and that seem to be the right ones for a society such as France. Yeah, a bit difficult to make that argument that you're only free to approach life from a certain perspective and that's freedom. Otherwise, your freedom's limited. Yes, exactly. So it all depends whether you consider that being free to wear a headscarf or burkini is a part of the freedom program. If you consider that it rules against it, then you will consider that this is a mark of being under certain kind of influence or resigning your own freedom to other authorities or higher authorities, such as Allah, such as God, such as religion. And this is how it is being framed in France. So much so that women who require the right to dress the way they want in accordance to their faith and their religion are considered to be under influence and unable to decide what is freedom, really, not only for the others, but especially for themselves. The banning of minority religious clothing, the closure of places of worship, demands that religious leaders of a minority community sign a charter of state values, calls for state-sanctioned and edited religious texts, creating state-run forums on reshaping an entire religion and its practice, their promotion and propagation of racist imagery attacking said communities, and around 70% of inmates thought to be represented by a minority religious demographic. Is Islamophobia on the rise in France? If you consider the number of acts that are being counted and the public discourse regarding Islam, then yes, one could say that Islamophobia is on the rise, especially from officials that allow themselves to say things against Islam, against Muslims, while at the same time saying, we are not attacking persons per se, but we are saying something about the way, especially radicalized, so-called radicalized Muslims might become a threat for the French society. So this is how it is being repackaged. Right, but is it the result of the rise of the political right wing, for example? What's going on here? 
Well, it's not just the political right, actually. It's the persistence of some sort of extreme right, if not fascist, way of thinking in France that has never really disappeared and that is now allowed for 89 MPs to be part of the French parliament. One of the core arguments that they've raised and that they thrive on is the fact that immigration, especially Muslim immigration, or even French Muslim citizens, are not loyal to the state, are not loyal to the society, and might embody at some point a threat to persistence and the historical identity of France. What about those who would say that if there is anti-Muslim sentiment, it's prompted by attacks by Muslim groups themselves in France, beheadings of teachers, the attack on the Bataclan, and etc.? Yes, exactly. I mean, this is also feeding into the Islamophobia because if you look at the decision that was made for the 2015 attacks trial, you can see that it's all about saying that we are not letting anything like that happen again. And they were really hard in the sentences that they imposed on the defendants. So that says something of the fact that, yeah, it is about time or the French state presents itself as the main defender of not only the country's integrity, but also of the lives of its constituents. And the fact that there would be this kind of argument that, yeah, you know, Muslims are killers and they are assassins is something that is very easily upheld in France. Let's listen to what right-wing politician Marine Le Pen had to say in the recent presidential debate. I'm not fighting a religion. I'm not fighting Islam, which is religion, which should be allowed. What I fight is Islamist ideology, which attacks the very foundations of our republic, attacks secular government, democracy, gender equality, an ideology that tries to impose Sharia. So are politicians like Marine Le Pen really going after extremist ideology or Muslims and Islam in general? I think that the official stance is the one that was just unfolded by the candidate to the presidential. But indeed, what is deeply rooted into this kind of statement is the fact that she knows and her family knows, starting with her father, that there is this remnant from the colonial times and especially from the dominance and the status of Algeria that we are experiencing at this very day. This is something that still plays out very strongly in the way Islam is being portrayed and referred to by saying that she's not attacking Islam, a religion, but those that are radicalized. Let's remember that this goes all the way back to the time when Muslims, because Algerians were called Muslims at that time, they were called French Muslims, are supposed to be a danger to the nation. And this is not something that has vanished from the national French mindset. Even President Macron has had his moments where he was accused by many Muslims of being anti-Muslim. Islam is a religion that lives in crisis Islam is a religion that is in crisis today all over the world. You remember there was that Muslim boycott of French goods that went on in many countries. Can such statements be defended as an attempt to confront extremism, not Islam? 
Yes, of course, this is what they are meant to do. This is the work they are supposed to do, is to make the difference between extremism and moderation. Yet one must admit the fact that extremism is mainly what is always exposed in the French public discourse. This is mainly what we hear about. We hear mainly about extremists as if each and every Muslim in France is on the verge of becoming an extremist. So there's a generalization going on. Yes, and this is what people keep in mind. I mean, when you look at the way the attacks on Bataclan is presented in the general space, when you think of how the decision against the Burkini is presented, when you think of even the way the past is being used in such ways that, of course, it's always about othering certain segments of the French population, of the French citizens. And this othering always targets Muslims, basically, or what used to be called the Arabs. This is really interesting because when you look at other examples, for example, when Jewish Defense League member Baruch Goldstein killed 29 Muslims in a mosque in 1994 in the West Bank, you didn't hear world leaders generalizing about how Judaism is in crisis. And rightly so, we wouldn't want to generalize against any people. When Brenton Tarrant killed 51 Muslims in a mosque in New Zealand in 2019, again, we didn't hear a lot of world leaders or any world leaders generalize about the incident and talk about how maybe Western civilization needs a new enlightenment. Is the selective generalization against Muslims itself a sign of Islamophobia? Yes, probably. And I would argue in favor of uh, considering this Islamophobia as a sign of this sense of uh, having lost the might that used to be that of France, for example. And I completely agree about what you said with the two examples. And I think that this is also a sign of something, an Islamophobia that comes from the fact that Islam used to be under the colonial rule and used to be very effective in implementing the colonial rule. This is what it was meant to be. And the fact that today we would have like equal citizens that are of Muslim faith in a society that claims that it's democratic, that it's in favor of freedom, of equality, of fraternity, is something that brings some sense of unachievement of the promises of the French Republic, which is something that the French state doesn't stand at all. The French politicians don't like to be reminded that equality is still exclusive and that it doesn't extend to the Muslim population in France because they are facing Islamophobia, because they are asking for the due rights and for anything that other people in France can ask for. This is something that is lived as a sense of uh, losing one's might and losing one's prestige as former colonial empire in which Islam was just a means of rule. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. But before we do that, let's listen to this message from a young French Muslim woman who's also an activist with Muslim youth in Europe. As a French Muslim woman, I am exhausted and angry to see once again the policing of my beliefs, my choices and my body. My country has made me choose between my hijab and my education, my career, my engagement with sports, and my duty as an aunt wanting to chaperone my nieces in schools. As a French citizen, I am stripped of my most basic human rights. 
Is there some kind of struggle emerging between secularism and religion here? This is how it is being constructed and framed. Actually, it shouldn't happen this way. There shouldn't be any struggle to be waged against. Is it being framed? Is the laicite, I think you call it. Yes, yes. Is it being used to attack really anyone who's considered against French culture? Yes, this is how it is being used. Although in its spirit, when it was voted in 1905, it was never meant to do this kind of work or to be used in such ways. I'm wondering whether it's also out of a sense of potential domestic loss of power, fear of changing demographics, that Muslims might be growing and will take over. You know, we've heard of Christian conservatives speaking about Christian Europe being threatened. Yes, yes, exactly. And not just Christian European, but also about the Great Replacement, which probably you have heard of. That was a theory that was used not only by the mass murderer in Christchurch, but also by the murderer in El Paso and recently the one in Buffalo. So it's not just target. That's interesting that it's not just targeting Muslims. Depending on the domestic way of envisioning the future and of silencing the past also, then the, the enemy has a different face and is embodied in a different way. So in France, it's really about Muslims because they are the survival... Largest minority group. Minority group, but also the minority that comes from the colonies. I mean, this has to do not just with the colonial past that has been completely shut down, but also with the colonial present. And each and every Muslim in France can be seen as an embodiment of what used to be France and what it has become. And especially the fact that tomorrow's population in France will also be the offsprings of those Muslims. So a lot of French people will be Muslim or likely to be because you have Muslim parents that you remain or you uphold this faith. But it means that in the eyes of those who are so in favor and so likely to bend towards Islamophobia, that these are the danger for the French population. Well, research by Pew found that by 2050, the Muslim population in Europe could reach 11.2% or more depending on migration and high fertility rates, does that mean this issue is going to get worse or that people are going to be more understanding and integrated? I mean, this is exactly the challenge that we're facing right now. And this has been for a long time. Do we consider that 11% of the European population being Muslim or from Muslim background or descent is a threat to the whole continent or to the whole union? Or do we consider that we can live with that and we can nurture something unusual and unseen so far in multi-secular Christian Europe, so much so that it becomes perfectly livable as it is already in many neighborhoods, in many communities. Uh, being a Muslim is not seen as a threat. It is something that is considered with respect and sometimes also with indifference, which means that people do not give some sort of negative way to the fact that you would be Muslim, but rather just consider you as any other human being. So this is exactly what we are facing right now in France. But to achieve that, Nasira, there is an economic aspect that needs to be addressed here, right? Millions of immigrants and citizens live in what even French, some French politicians have described as poverty slums without real equal rights and opportunities, at least. 
Yeah, they are quite excessive in their description. Actually, I'm not sure they have accurate information when they say that. What is sure, what is for certain, is that they are more likely to live in public housing and the social housing than any other groups in the population. They are more likely to end their education before others, and they are more likely to face discrimination and unemployment as other, especially among the younger generation, young workers, male and female, actually, for different reasons, are facing unemployment or are not allowed to enter the job market. So this is something that is obvious that we know for sure now it is being assessed. It is very well inquired into. So it means that the discrimination against populations that are targeted or framed as Muslim is seen as something normal. And this is precisely what we have to fight against. It is not normal that they should not be allowed the same opportunities as any other inhabitant or citizen in France. And the fact that it's normal says something about the deeply rooted Islamophobic sentiment against them. However long you've lived in France, whatever you've achieved, you are still referred to as otherness, as this intruder in the French society, whether as an immigrant or as a Muslim, or even through this expression that goes all the way back to the colonial times, which is Salarab. It means dirty Arab or filthy Arab. It's an expression of hate. I experienced that in my close family and friends. This is something that you would see written on walls, that you would see people say to others without any shame. So yes, of course, it's a problem that people who are French citizens, for example, would be viewed as Salarab or as immigrants that don't deserve any kind of consideration or equal rights. This has been an absolutely fabulous discussion. Thank you so much, Professor Nasira. Thank you for having me. We didn't laugh, but maybe next time with another time. <laughs> it was kind of a serious topic. Yes, it was. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. This episode was produced by Hayat Mongodden and Khaled Sultan. Sound design was by George Elwir. Our lead engagement producer is Ayel Malik, and our assistant engagement producer is Munira Dosri. Thanks to our executive producer, of course, our big boss, Omar Saleh, who makes this all possible. I'm your host, Tammy Zaydan. Till next week. Bye.